Well, how are you doing? Good, uh, good to see you here. I want to welcome those watching Issaquah Duval and online as well. We are kicking off a new series, He Said, She Said. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to get right into uh, really probably one of the, the major topics in a relationship. And by the way, a lot of, of course, what we say will uh, have to do with marriage, but this really is broad enough for any relationship. And we're, as we look at some of these principles, whether it's workplace or uh, you're dating or something like that, but we're going to look at uh, what to do when the conversation is difficult, when there's conflict. Have you learned that you don't need to seek conflict out, but that conflict will find you? Yeah. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, and you're called the problem. The, uh, <laughs> you know, in the words of Jerry Springer, just keeping it real, baby. So uh, what, what we're doing is uh, we're looking at conflict. I was on a plane uh, uh, flying down to California, and it was great because it was sort of an empty early morning flight, and I was loving life, except there was a guy who was there. He had this, uh, he was playing like a movie or something on his computer, and he decided, hey, why use earphones? And like no one was doing anything. And so I'm hoping the flight attendant will do something. And so I, I, I just, you know, gave a hint like, uh, turn that down. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, that didn't work out very well. And then he starts playing music, you know. And, uh, you know, so finally I just said, okay, let's all dance to the beat now. And, you know, that was great. Uh, no one thought that was funny on the plane either. Uh, it was one of those times, so it was frustrating and our frustrations can almost uh, be at their greatest when it comes to uh, sometimes a male-female uh, relationships. Uh, I, I get some of these posters uh, that I've seen. This is things men do that upset women. Lie, be honest, talk. Uh, not talk, talk too much. Not show emotion. Be too emotional. Breathe. <laughs> okay, that, uh, okay, guys, here's this for us. Uh, this next one, a quiet man is a thinking man. A quiet woman is usually mad. <laughs> now, by the way, you may not like that, but that is true. That is really true. And, and this, of course, I like this one, the bathroom signs. <laughs> well, the, the purpose of this series is to help you out. I'm, we're going to have a lot of fun. But behind this is really a, a lot of thought and prayer, as I've just talked to so many people in, in the relationships that we struggle with. And, and I know, uh, and I don't just believe, I know that God can intervene and do miraculous things if we are available. And that really is it. In fact, I, I want you to pull your outline out of your program. We're going to get to our very first scripture. And the scriptures I'm using, by the way, aren't necessarily uh, a scripture about male-female relationships or couples or marriage. They're broader. They actually apply to every situation. And so, of course, they would apply to the, those uh, significant relationships that we have. Jesus, uh, in John 17, he's, he's basically uh, in a moment of prayer, and his prayer is this for those who would be followers of him. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe their message that all of them may be one. And I'm going to go ahead and stop that there. It's the, the prayer is a prayer for unity. And uh, we need that, in, especially in a, in a marriage relationship. 
Uh, you think about that. Unity is one thing that should define those, especially those who would call themselves followers of Christ. Uh, the next passage is this, Ephesians 4.3. It says, uh, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If you're uh, taking notes, will you underline the bond of peace? It's that peace that we get from God and that we can bring to our relationships. The statement is an imperative. It's a command for us. Uh, still, conflict is inevitable. Uh, where does conflict come from? Uh, it comes from, the Bible says, our selfish, some of you are about ready to name a spouse. <laughs> it, it comes from our, our selfish desires and sometimes our unmet expectations as well. I mean, you think about how, how we're so different. Think of the differences that we have. Uh, there's gender differences. Uh, men and women are different. Uh, if you've uh, figured that out, that men were usually more monofocused, women are multitasked. That's why, you know, if you're married, you can be a wonderful romantic evening in a passionate moment, and she goes, did you take the garbage out? <laughs> and that, because we're wired a little bit differently. There's also personality differences. There's a go-with-the-flow kind of people, and then there's those of us who are responsible and clean up their messes. <laughs> like our, I, one time with my wife, it was like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, I think you have multiple personality disorder. And I saw like seven of those manifest at one moment. And so we can have that, these personality differences that we have. Also, there's uh, background differences. Uh, I know when my wife and I, my wife's family is from Montana in North Dakota. They're like where the men are men and the women are too. I mean, you know, they are a tough <laughs> brood of people. And, and, and what they do is you can tell when they're happy because they look like this. And you can tell when they're really angry because they look like this. So my family, uh, I come from a Jewish background, we are city dwellers, we are loud, and we are proud, and so we're just completely different, and they're sort of the brooding bunch. And so we have these differences that are from our background, and we're going to get into this a little later on, uh, and we're going to look at how much that affects you, and honestly, if you don't think that affects you, uh, you need to get in touch with that. Because it's a reality. You may not acknowledge it. And actually, if you don't acknowledge it, it will affect you more than it would have uh, had you uh, acknowledge it. In fact, uh, next weekend, just sort of an aside, uh, I mentioned a while ago uh, that I had become friends with a couple, had, had a sort of a public fall uh, from, from ministry, a lot going on and infidelity. And so next week, I'm going to have uh, Gail Haggard, who wrote a book, Why I Stayed, and uh, sort of became friends uh, over this summer and uh, going to interview her uh, in what to do when he struggles. And uh, I think that's going to just be real powerful. I uh, encourage you. We didn't advertise it or anything like that. I didn't want it to become a media thing, but going to be definitely a great one uh, to invite a friend to. Uh, then we also have values differences. Uh, what do we value as individual, my wife, my number one value. If you, the Strength Finders by the Gallup organization. If you've ever taken that, my number one value is our uh, strength is competition. I love competition. 
I believe there are winners and winners, and that's all there should be. You know what my wife's number one is? Harmony and peace. So I value winning. She values peace. Could you see how there could be some problems there? Uh, yeah. It, so, so we have this, and this is all part of our DNA. This is one of those reasons why the Apostle Paul, this isn't in your outline, but it is in the Bible. I didn't make it up, I promise. It's 1 Corinthians 7.28. Uh, Why well, he says this when he's talking even about marriage. And he said, Paul says, uh, those who get married uh, at this time will have troubles. I'm trying to spare you those problems. Have you ever heard that in a marriage ceremony? <laughs> yeah, not a, not a real good one there. Uh, but the, the problem is that, that we're different, and these differences we can sometimes go to attack one another. There was a great book. In fact, it's the, one of the best-selling marriage books of all time. Uh, it sold well over a million copies. Uh, you may have heard of it before. It's by Dr. William Harley. Uh, it's called His Needs, Her Needs. Uh, any of you hear of that book before? You haven't heard of that book. That's a book you should be reading. Uh, it really is. It's a really uh, good, good book. It's sort of a standard and it talks about, in general, uh, what are the uh, needs of a man and what are the needs of, of a, uh, a woman. And so for the women, uh, some of their needs is, is they need, uh, you know, time and attention, emotional support. Uh, men need uh, one sexual fulfillment and a bunch of other ones I forgot. Anyway, no, the, <laughs> I remembered that one. So the, uh, but so I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I am. I remember the other ones. I'll tell you next week what they are. So, uh, but so he wrote the this book, and it's been transformational. A lot of the other marriage books you've read are have been based on the research in that book. But here's what he found. Knowing the needs is not enough. Trying to meet those needs is not enough. That, that will not uh, help you reduce conflict. Uh, it, well, it can reduce it, but it won't really get to the root of the problem. And especially in a, in a marriage relationship. And so he came out with a new book a couple years ago. And in this book... Uh, and I've listed it in your outline. I've, I'll have resources each week during this message. Uh, he talked about the art of negotiation, uh, particularly in a marital relationship, but this could be in any relationship whatsoever. And, and he talks about the type of negotiation that we have. By the way, if you're in a marriage, particularly, you are negotiating with your spouse. You just uh, may not know it. So, so what are the types of negotiation that we have? The first one is a dictatorship. This is sort of the, uh, uh, this, is, and this is sort of what we have in our household. We do. I do whatever she says. No, uh, <laughs> we, I tell you the truth, my wife's back there. We were at Cheesecake Factory. I always felt the presence of the Lord eating that cheesecake. And uh, when I was there, and my daughters are like, it seems like mom often will have the final word. And I said, that's because I'm afraid of her. That's why not. <laughs> uh, seriously, uh, we have another kind of relationship that I'll talk about that we can tend towards. But the dictatorship uh, is, hey, I make the rules and you follow the rules. And you'll say, well, isn't that, you know, when it comes to gender roles in the Bible, isn't that what it's talking about? No, 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 no. Read Ephesians chapter 5, read the whole chapter. And that's a caricature of Christian belief. That's not the actuality that you'll find. There are, there are roles that we, we have, 
but there's a dictatorship. Uh, this doesn't really work very well very long. And then there can be the dual dictatorship. This is where you're both dictators, and, and this is, by the way, in our marriage, this is our default, where we're like, I want my way, and she wants her way, and then we sort of, like, we each rule at certain times. Uh, the, the problem with a, a dual dictatorship, obviously, is that you're fighting all the time. Uh, let me uh, ask you a few questions to see if you're a, a dictator. Uh, do you ever tell your spouse what to do? Do you refute? Does a refusal trigger a disrespectful or even an angry reaction from you? Do you let your spouse know that there will be consequences for noncompliance? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Do you require obedience from your spouse in some situations? See, the, the goal, by the way, uh, particularly for marriage, the goal for marriage is not to make it. That's not the goal. The goal biblically is oneness of life-giving. And so we're talking about more than making it. And then there's anarchy. In uh, anarchy, here's how this plays out. And I'm not just talking about children at this point. Here's, here's how this plays out. Is anarchy is where uh, we decide to live uh, semi-connected but different lives. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. That's not oneness, by the way. Uh, and then you'd say, okay, well, well what, what are we looking for? Then there's a, a sacrificial. We, we want a sacrificial relationship. And by the way, this is what I always thought it was supposed to, supposed to be. Uh, and a sac it sounds good. It sounds like, especially those of you who have decided to become Christ followers, it sounds like we sh what we should be going for. But, but there are some problems uh, with even the sacrificial relationship. Is What we usually do is say, I will lose so you can win. Uh, here are the problems. Is There's an expectation of you uh, doing the same for me. That there's an expectation is, okay, in the future, you're going to need to lose so I can win. And by the way, that, so when you're like, okay, I get my way, that's great, now I get to be miserable in a few days, awesome. See, that, that's not healthy or good. Uh, it also doesn't lead to long-term solutions. Uh, in a relationship, if I just sacrifice for you and there's a problem, there's a sense of difficulty, uh, we're not gonna get anywhere. We may not have a fight, but we're not going to get anywhere. Uh, and there, there's a sense of where this is often done in secret, where I'm not going to let you know what my real needs are. See, relationship, see, the unfortunate thing I, when it comes to relationships is it takes some work. Now, uh, what Harley would describe, I, I could think of maybe other terms I decided to use his, is a democracy. Uh, and democracies are messy. You know, you look around the world, democracy, and you look at like the elections that are coming up, Lord help us. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. So the, uh, but, it, but it happens to be better than every other form of government in the world. There's never been any one better. It's messy, but it's sure better than a dictator, sure better than a king, it's sure better than what we see anarchy. 
it takes some significant work. And I can say this, if you came here uh, today and you said, uh, Ben, the reason uh, I came here or we came here is because we want to make things better, but we're going through a difficult time right now. I know that, that you can do it. I know that God can do it through you, that you can see significant progress. Even during the weeks of this series, you'll start to see God move if you will cooperate with his leading, if you will. Uh, it requires uh, being pleasant. Uh, this isn't, a, these aren't, it sounds like notes, but they're, they're my notes. You can write them to the side. Uh, democracy requires being pleasant. Identify the conflict from both people's perspectives. Brainstorming with a sense of abandon. Because it's hard sometimes to come up with a win-win solution. It can take a long, long time. And then choosing a solution where there's mutual, enthusiastic agreement. And so really, that's what we're looking at as I sort of set up this series. And so what I want to look at in particular, though, is the area of conflict and how we can make any relationship better. How to make any relationship better. Uh, well, where does it need to start? It needs to start with uh, optimism. It needs to start with optimism. It says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. See, here's what usually happens. If there's, if there's a, uh, an argument, or let's just say there's a situation, uh, and we don't know what's going on, there's a gap, right? The question is, what are you putting in the gap? Uh, are you putting fear, anger, distrust, are you believing the best? Is that what you're putting in the gap? When he's uh, working late at night, what are you putting in the gap? Are you saying, hey, uh, that, you know, I know he's working hard and hopefully he's going to get a promotion and we're going on a nice vacation. <laughs> or he doesn't care about us, he cares more about the job. Or worse, I wonder who he's with. What are you putting in the gap. Uh, when uh, she forgets to pay a bill, where do you go mentally? Do you say, well, I wonder what's happening with the money? Or she really doesn't, it's not that responsible? Optimism, no matter what else you do, if there's a, not a sense of optimism, it's difficult to make progress. And if you don't have optimism for you, have optimism for what God can do in you. It's hard to be an Eeyore and make a lot of progress uh, in life. See, usually what, what will happen sometimes is uh, will we want to get advantage in a relationship. And so when the other person fails, we, we feel a little bit better because now we're like, okay, now I have one over him or I have one over her. Uh, and by the way, this isn't about avoiding all conversations. Uh, it's about believing the best. And these first two are really, it'll seem like avoidance, but it's not. Uh, the second point uh, is this, is to ignore small offenses. To ignore small offenses. Uh, you can't have conflict on every issue. You can't win. Like, let, let's say just uh, for example... 
that you're watching some TV and you've got some salted almonds there and someone, instead of pouring the almonds into a little dish, sticks their hands into the almonds. It's nice and salty. Who knows, they might take a lick. They put their hands back in the almonds. So what do you do about that? Are you going to judge? My wife is from Anaconda, Montana. She can't help it. No, the, uh, <laughs> no, that would be me. <laughs> and I just say, honey, it's just like if you have one of those almonds, it's sort of like when we kiss. <laughs> you just get to kiss me all over again. That doesn't work very well. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, or uh, she'll have shoes. My, my wife has a lot of shoes. And if you remember Imelda Marcos, you know, yeah. But she, uh, she, and sometimes they'll be laying around the house. And that used to really, really bug me. And then, then I thought, then I started to put on my big boy pants. And I thought, huh, I guess she does the laundry and she folds it and she puts it away and she vacuums and she cleans the bathroom. So now I feel like I'm getting a good deal when I put the shoes away. There's some things, yeah, praise God. <laughs> you can't, here's the deal. If you fight on everything, if you try to resolve, you can't. Literally, you have to choose your battles. It says in 1 Peter 4.8 that love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. So when do you not uh, avoid? When do you not uh, give a pass. When the situation is damaging to my relationship with the person, is this, is this something that really is going to cause some real damage? When the behavior is part of a destructive pattern. When uh, the situation is negatively impacting uh, maybe a group, a team, your family. When I've hurt or have offended somebody, uh, I, I make it a practice in my life. I wish I could, I could say, you know, I've never sinned against anyone and never made a mistake. Uh, you know what I do, though, is I keep very short accounts. And if, and if anyone ever comes to my mind uh, and I say, you know what, there's some situation that I haven't resolved or I haven't tried to resolve that I will call that. I've done that years later because I want my heart to be right uh, before God. Or maybe when the situation is dishonoring to God. So then what do we do? What do we do at this point? Is we need to engage the bigger problems. We need to engage the bigger problems. Uh, and it's not only good for our relationship. If you call yourself a Christ follower, if, we, if you say, hey, I am a Christian, then it's really important for our relationship with God. In fact, uh, Jesus says this. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, uh, leave your gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. The idea is that if we're going to have a right relationship with God, then that should impact every other uh, relationship. I've literally heard people say, well, I don't need to go to them because I've, just, I've taken care of it with the Lord. You know what the Lord says? Get off your blessed assurance and take care of it with them. Uh, 
In fact, uh, you know, that, that some of you are leaving worship right now. No. <laughs> uh, but you want to you, you do that. Uh, questions to ask before you engage uh, is, am I the right person to have this conversation? Why do I want to have the conversation? And what, is, what are the results I hope for? I, I ask people that, and, I, and they say, well, I don't know what results I'm hoping for. Like, eh, then I'm not, I'm not sure why we're talking at this point. We need to know that. Uh, then and only then proceed. And it's important how you proceed. And get this, this is really important. This is important in your workplace, by the way. This is a good principle that will keep you gainfully employed. This is what's good for your friends. It certainly is good in a church relationship and essential in a marriage. It says in Matthew 18, 15, uh, if you're, and this is Jesus, this is Jesus talking, so red letters want to pay attention. If your brother or sister sins, uh, go and point out their fault just between, notice that, will you say it with me? The two of you. Just between how many people? Two of you. Does that include your sister? No. Does that include your friend? No. Does that include tweeting it? No. Jesus is very specific. You don't even need to pray about it. In fact, if you pray about it, you're insulting God. Because it's right there in the scripture. He said, just between the two of you, you take care of this. And anything outside of that is sin. Will happen, and, and I've heard it because I've been to Starbucks. I hear you talk, trash talking your spouses all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that, that we'll want to say, oh, can you believe he did this, and your friends will say, well, I really, I never thought you should have married him in the first place, but I guess you got to suffer through it. And so we, that's what happens in, and it really is sin. We need to get in the habit of, when there's a problem, of talking to people and not about people. Uh, you, you want to, you don't want to fill in the gap with other people. In fact, at that point it says, and then if the person responds, celebrate because you've done a good thing. Now, there are times where there will be no ability to reconcile, and then we move on uh, into other realms depending on the situation. A marriage relationship, a first good stop would be uh, someone who's a spiritual leader or a counselor or someone like that. And then you're able to help each other uh, retain their dignity and repair the relationship. So as I, as I was thinking about this and I was taking uh, some notes and did some other reading from some of the other sources I have listed, uh, I was thinking about uh, what are we, how do we move ahead in this? And we're going to talk about this in detail in the weeks ahead, although it's not all going to be on conflict. Uh, I want to get very practical. Uh, if you're going to have a conversation and there's been something, maybe it's been an ongoing battle, uh, you want to prepare yourself in, in prayer. You want to say, God, and don't just pray, God, I just pray that you'll take care of them. <laughs> you know, you want to pray for them. If you pray for someone, your demeanor is going to be different. It's very hard to pray and fight at the same time. In fact, uh, some of you who uh, are married... Uh, one of the greatest things you can do to lower the tension level in your relationship is to increase the spiritual level where you come before God 
and you ask him to be in your heart and your lives and your marriage. Uh, and then uh, look for an appropriate time and place. Face-to-face is a must. Uh, you don't ever want to say, okay, well, I guess I'm going to talk to him. Here, I'm going to text him about it. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, because wh- why wouldn't you do that? Tone of voice? Uh, you, can't, you can't get any of those things. Face-to-face. Well, it's only a must if you actually want a solution. If you want to prove why you are right, and actually cause more problems, then go ahead and do the other stuff. But if you want to do the right thing and resolve it, especially with a spouse or a family member or someone like that, uh, you always want to do it face-to-face. Carefully manage yourself during the conversation. Be clear, concise, and compassionate. Uh, Pay attention. Be a curious listener. Ask follow-up questions. Don't interrupt or become defensive. Uh, this, is what, this is my go-to all the time. Because I'm, you know, uh, someone attacks me and I'm like, oh, I just want to attack right back, right immediately. And the, one of the things I have to do is just always, okay, don't become defensive, just listen. Uh, and and uh, clearly name the issue and identify a desire to fix the problem. If, let's say, uh, for example, there's an issue when it comes to how you're handling money in, your, in a marriage relationship. If you, say, if you say, let's fix the problem, and by the way, you're not the problem. See, oftentimes what we do is we forget that there's you and there's me, and then there's the problem. Once I make you the problem, that can never really get fixed. See, there's a difference uh, between uh, a complaint in a critical spirit that says, you are bad, not the behavior is bad. Uh, Really, we're never going to get any progress there. And then ask the person, uh, what's the last 10% you haven't told me in the conversation? Uh, What haven't you uh, been telling me? Now, I know you might think, hey, that's way too much work. Uh, I'm going to, you know, just see what happens and not go through all of that. But then we face the consequences of the wreckage of our lives. And I think those of us who've been around a while, we face the consequences personally of the wreckage of not having uh, those courageous conversations. And that's really what I want to uh, leave as our fourth point, is invite courageous conversations. Often the biggest barrier to our growth can be insecurities. Uh, it says in Proverbs 16:23, the heart of the wise makes their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. See, the conversation is the relationship. The conversation is not something to be avoided. It is the relationship. You want to see two people who are close, two friends. You want to see a husband and wife, uh, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever the he said, she said situation is. People who've worked through a problem together will have a closer relationship than those who had never had a problem before. Uh, I, I was reminded this summer a couple came in that I hadn't seen uh, for a while because they'd moved across the country. And uh, uh, they, were, they came during the first 
marriage series that I did uh, seven years ago. And uh, they, they just said, you know, just we want to thank you. Every, we, our, sort of our marriage was falling apart. It was everything was, we thought that it was over, but it was like, just thank you so much. Uh, and I'm just thinking, well, I must be a pretty good preacher. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, I, I really did. I said, what, what, what helped you the most? And they said, you pointed us towards Jesus, and you said, we have to completely surrender to him, and then God will work through the other issues as we say, Lord, whatever you want in my life, whatever you want in this relationship, we're going to do it. And then here they are seven years later saying, we can tell you that it works, and I can tell you that it works. Will you pray with me?